Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Football Frenzy. Football Frenzy. Weekend edition right here on FNTSY Radio. Fantasy executive Corey Parson, my man George Kurtz, coming up this hour on the program. Going to go through some of the latest news and notes going around in the NFL. And obviously get into the Jameis Winston situation, talk about that a bit. And I want to talk about little players that could have the potential or the possibility to break out in 2018. George Kurtz, my man, what's going on with you, buddy? Good afternoon, Mr. Parr. How you doing, Corey? Uh, things, things are going well, Corey. Beautiful day here for our first couple of days of summer. Football, we're in a little, little bit of a slow period, right? The OT, OTAs are over now, waiting for training camp to start. So we started building. Uh, I'm doing a couple of mocks, Corey. I don't know about you. Oh, I'm, okay. actually, I'm in the middle of a mock. It is the slowest of slow drafts, mind you. I think it started last Saturday. That's eight days ago. We are in round five. So it is the slowest of slow drafts, but... Uh, it's moving along, sort of, like a tor- like a tortoise. Uh, pretty much, yes. Uh, snail, tortoise, <laughs> like the. Uh, I, I, it's just a. Uh, it's slow. I think I got a, we got an email. It's a an industry mock draft at that. I think I got a, an email from one of the uh, the administrators. They, they might just shut it down because they've had uh, about a half a dozen uh, timed out picks as well. So people are people just aren't paying attention. Yeah, it's not. It doesn't sound like a good job, George. When it comes to slow draft. What is your thing with slow draft etiquette? Are you a, when I'm on the clock, I make my pick? Are you a, you know what, let me take some time. I don't have to rush. How's your slow draft etiquette? If you have me in a slow draft, generally uh, I'll, I'll be the quickest person making picks. I'm okay. on a computer a lot of times. I'm not waiting, Corey. If I'm there, I, we all know the picks. I mean, it's not like it's uh, rocket science here. If I'm away from my computer, okay, then it might take me some time. You know, but I generally won't make it on my phone because I do want to see a list of players. But uh, if I'm at my computer, I'll make it in minutes. Are you the type of person that if somebody is slowing the, the draft down, will you will you be that guy that sends the email? They'll be like, hey, buddy, you've been on the clock for five hours. What's going on here? Are you that guy? No, I'm not. It is a, it is a slow draft. So you're really allowed. Uh, you won't, I, I'm not that guy anyway. Uh, even if the guys who have taken multiple, you know, uh, where they haven't picked for six, eight hours, they're fine. You know, it's a slow draft. It's not like I'm, oh, my God, where's my pick here? It's, it's a slow mock. When my pick comes up, you know, I get the email and I go make a pick. So uh, I'm not going to freak out about it, no. Yeah, I'm, I'm that same cat. But sometimes, you know, you have guys that really abuse that clock. And that's a, and that's a pain in the butt to deal with. Oh, I'm not saying you don't want to strangle them. When they do it over, listen, we, it, all, it can happen once. You know, it certainly can happen. You, you're out, your phone died, whatever. You know, but when it happens three, four times, it's like, uh, what the hell? You know, especially it's an eight-hour clock. So it happens three times. We now had to wait a day for you. You know, that yeah. does get frustrating. But uh, like I said, it's a slow, it's a mock. It's something I should have, uh, I'm panicking about. So uh, I guess it's just, a, you know, I, cause I have the draft list right here next to me, you know, my ranking. So I'm waiting for my next pick here. And, I'm, and even though it's a mock, you still want certain guys to fall to you. You know, so you're like, okay, is this guy going to fall? I got, I got three guys, and there's eight guys ahead of me. You know, and so it's frustrating. Right now, I may not pick, honestly, until Tuesday for all I know. Yeah, yeah that, that's a tough one right there. Doing, while preseason games are on, right, and you're in a slow draft, at that point, do you say, you know what, let me wait till this game's over before I make my pick? Or let me wait, you know, see if they take the starters out first before I make my pick, if you have an active live preseason game going on. You know, I not during the preseason games. I get more worried during practice, actually. Really? I like to make, okay. Yeah, because I, it, preseason games, they're all protected anyway. You know, I mean, maybe they're going to play a series or so, and I'm watching the game. But I get more worried during practice. That's when you seem to hear, oh, he tore his ACL. You know, non-contact ACL in practice on Wednesday. So it's out for the season. So uh, if I can, I, I don't mind waiting until, uh, you know, the PM, uh, 6 p.m. when practice is generally over, especially on the East Coast, uh, to know that my players are safe. But the bottom line is, you know, it's it's dumb luck for a player to get hurt. It really is yeah. dumb luck, generally, and I'm, I'm not going to let that uh, 
uh, influence my picks. You know, I'm just going okay. to move on to the next guy and uh, take take my guy. If he gets hurt, he gets hurt. It's going to happen. We play. You play in too many leagues. I play in too many leagues. We're going to have guys get hurt. All right, so let's start to talk about this situation. Kind of the big story in fantasy this week. Uh, looks like the NFL is going to hit Jameis Winston with a three-game suspension. I saw a report this morning. Um, this morning before I went to sleep, George. Um, so that goes <laughs> to show you what kind of <laughs> what kind of shape I'm in. Um, that it was a th- there was a third guy that was with Winston and Darby. <clears throat> Some dude that. Uh, I think may may have, uh, may have been a college football player, but not a professional athlete. He came out and he more or less spilled all the beans. He said uh, him and Ronald Darby left the area where they were at together, and then Winston called the Uber by himself, and that Winston was riding by himself. So Winston's thing with groping this Uber driver has always been it was his account, but he was he, he was in the car, but he wasn't in the car alone. Well, the people that he said he is with, one of the guys has come out and said, um, yeah, he was alone. Tough times for Jameis Winston. George, is Jameis Winston the face of a franchise? He'd have to be, wouldn't he? I mean, generally he's the quarterback anyway. It's, I mean, yeah. I, it, not always. You could argue Ray Lewis, you know, with Baltimore yeah. when he was there, that he was the face of the franchise and several other times. But generally it's the quarterback. And But let's say you want to say it's not. Well, who is it? I mean, it's Mike Evans? Uh, no. But, but, but basically what I'm saying is, are you comfortable with Jameis Winston as the face of a franchise? You know, now he has these two sexually based allegations against him. The one from when he was in college, this one, and then, of course, the incident when he stood on the cafeteria and said, blank, 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 blank. Well, he's probably pretty lucky that, you know, Tampa Bay, as far as football towns go, is a smaller city. Because yeah. right now, this, is, this isn't getting the play that it really should be. Now, if this is the third player coming out, if this ends up being true, because originally it was really pretty much he said versus she said. Yep. She said he did it, he said he didn't. The Uber driver, what, doesn't really remember or doesn't know. Ronald Darby backs him up, but now you get it, somebody else is backing her up. Or at least backing up that, hey, Darby wasn't even there. How the hell does he know? Yeah. You know now this is a problem. You know, I know there was, uh, I, think, I think it was the Tampa Bay Times, I'm not 100% sure on that, that ran, you know, ran a very negative column about him. You know, and I expected more of that. But how can this guy be the face of your franchise? How can this guy be on your team? He's got to go. You know, and that sort of thing. You, I'm, I'm surprised not more women's groups haven't gotten involved here. I know some have, but not, it's not more. I think that's because of the big city theory. And also, it's, it's Jameis Winston. It's not Tom Brady. You yeah. know, it's not somebody of that ilk. And Winston, for all the talent he has and the upside he has, hasn't been the player we thought he was. He's really an average quarterback. So it's you know it's not like they got a top name. They don't have Aaron Rodgers here. They don't have Russell Wilson here. You know they they have Jameis Winston, a block quarterback at this point. So I think that's also it. He's sort of I don't want to say looked out here. I'm trying to choose my words carefully here. But he's uh, the fact that it's not New York. It's not uh, you know Los Angeles, Dallas, you know uh, New England. The one of the bigger football markets has sort of kept us on the ramps right now. But if this, if you brought up, if this catches fire, and if the NFL starts to investigate this and now realizes, oh, my God, Darby wasn't even there, uh, the suspension could be longer than three games. Ezekiel Elliott got six. And there was and this thing never went to court either. And it was uh, the only reason why Elliott really got six is they believed her, and they had some evidence. You know, with Winston only got three because, you know, the, the evidence just isn't there. But now it looks like it's starting to build again. I wonder if the NFL now holds off on naming three games to investigate whether or not, you know, if they can prove it, whether or not Darby was actually there or not. Well, you know, the, the NFL's investigative branch, their legislative commit, the committee uh, that Roger Goodell has set up. I didn't know the NFL was in the business of doing investigations, but um, the NFL legislative branch holds the right to go back and do whatever they please, as we saw with Ezekiel Elliott last year. When the deck is stacked against the NFL, they still can – by the rights of their collective bargaining agreement, can screw the players over and franchises over in any way. That may very well not be the case here. We've seen this before at Russell Wilson. I mean, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, and excuse me, Russell Wilson. We've seen this before. It's t- complete opposite sides of the spectrum here. We've seen some of this before with Jameis Winston, and I'm like, I think Jameis is a good quarterback. I think he has a ton of potential and upside. I just worry about Jameis getting in his own way. Isn't that true of a lot of athletes? I yeah. mean, in all, all sports, it's not just football. You look at all sports. They all get themselves in trouble. For me, it's always they've been pampered their whole life because they can play whatever game, football, baseball, basketball. You know, they've been pampered. They've been given everything because they can play the game. So when it, you, know, you get into real life, you get to be a professional, 
doesn't work out that way. People are going to say no. They're going to have to uh, turn you down, and you, and you don't handle it uh, right. And I think it's a shame. You know, I tr- truly do. I think Winston has a ton of talent. You know, a guy who probably uh, fantasy-wise should be a quarterback taken, but now won't be. You hope he figures things out. You know, uh, I mean, this is not – assuming it's true, this is – I mean, you, you got to know you can't do things like this. You, you got to be smarter f- than that. You have to be smarter than that. In this day and age, if I'm a professional athlete, we all have smartphones. Everyone's taking pictures. Everyone's recording everything. I mean, there's no way I'm doing stupid crap. I mean, not, no way. I don't care. And that's when the privacy of my own home. I'm not doing anything that can get anywhere near negative publicity on the Internet. It's just silly. It's going to cost you millions upon millions of dollars. I mean, millions upon millions. It just, it's just not smart. Now, when it comes to fantasy football purposes and what we do, obviously the big story is the pieces around Jameis Winston. Are you dropping Mike Evans any in your rankings being that Jameis is going to miss three games? Well, I think you have to. Now, I think the question is, where do you drop him? You know, that, uh, I did drop him. You know, I did my, my rankings up on Fantasy Pros. Uh, I believe I had him in the second tier originally, and now I moved him down to the third tier. So I have him with other uh, wide receivers that we're a little worried about that we just don't know, guys like T.Y. Hilton, because you don't know about Andrew Luck. You know, uh, so I have Evans uh, with, let's say, the Larry Fitzgeralds, because you don't know who the quarterback is Who did there. you move ahead of him? I uh, I had uh, I moved Devontae Adams, AJ Green. They were all in the same tier, uh, okay. as far you know, Evans, Green, Adams. Now it's Green, Adams, easily. Keenan Allen, you want to put in there? Those guys I had to say at the same tier. Uh, Adam Thielen is ahead of him. Tyreek Hill is now ahead of him. And now See, I don't Evans, know if I would go that far as to put Adam Thielen and Tyreek Hill ahead of him. In PPO, I I, uh, I can all, I can see Roger with Tyreek Hill. And I, I'm so, still sort of wrestling with that. But it's three games at Ryan Fitzpatrick. Evans didn't have a good year last year. I don't know if this offense gets in sync all season now. Because it's hard for me. Let's say he just gets three games. That it doesn't get extended. It's not anymore. Are we automatically assuming he comes back week four and is, you know, fine? He wasn't all that great last year when he was practicing all the time. Now he's got three weeks off. I don't know what he's going to come back at. It may take him the week six to figure it out. And, uh, you know, he'll play. So maybe that depresses Evans' value further. So I just have a problem now. I would have taken Evans in round two in most mocks. Matter of fact, I was upset in uh, this latest mock that I didn't get him in round two. This is before I found out about Winston. You know, I was yeah. upset that I couldn't get him. Now he's probably round th- end of round three, round four for me. Ooh, and I can be talked out of it. George? I can be talked out of him because wow. uh, I'm, a, I'm a conservative drafter, Corey. I don't take too many chances here on players. That's true. I, I need... I need you to build, help me out here. I need you to, you know, to convince me that Evans is still worthy of taking, and that's going to be hard to do. But of all the plays I, of, that I just named, the Evans, uh, the Hills, Fitzgeralds, you want to throw Hilton there, Demarius Thomas, I think he's the most talented. I don't think there's anything, any doubt about that. It's just the quarterback play that I'm worried about. Um, well, one thing about Ryan Fitzpatrick is Ryan Fitzpatrick isn't an aggressive downfield thrower. You know Ryan Fitzpatrick has no problems winging it. Doesn't always know who he's winging it to, but yes. That's that. That's the issue. But he is willing to wing it. And that's why I think I would leave him. I could see A.J. Green being ahead of him. I could see Keenan Allen, Devontae Adams being ahead of him. I would take Mike Evans ahead of Doug Baldwin, Adam Thielen, and Tyreek Hill. I would, uh, I mean, I have a, I just, I just, all those, I don't view Hill as safe. I don't. I think Baldwin is safe. Uh, Thielen, I think, is safe. PPR leagues, and it'll be a lot of catch there. Although, once again, you can make the argument first year Kirk Cousins, we really don't know. And I think that's a legitimate argument. You don't know what you're going to get out of uh, Kirk Cousins first year in a new offense. I think Cousins is fine, but you know, maybe you want to do some growing pains there. Maybe it takes a month truly to get in sync there. So I guess you can make that argument. Tyreek Hill, for me, is a big play guy. You know, some big games. You got Patrick Mahomes there. Sammy Watkins, pretty much the same wide receiver there. So I guess there's some worries there. I wouldn't argue with you. That's the bottom line here. It's certainly not, okay. oh, Corey took him at nine. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be uh, up on the radio on a soapbox yelling about your, your pick there. Not at all. I can see the argument for it because I have problems with all of these guys. So, okay, good. So that's, that. like I said, once you start to see little warts, but I can, I can agree where you're coming from with Evans. I just still think the talent, and I think that when Winston gets back, or even with Ryan Fitzpatrick, I still think that number is going to be okay. So you want to get involved in the program, 844-843-6879, telephone number to dial, fancy football frenzy. When it comes to the Buccaneers tight ends, are you downgrading them? O.J. Howard, Cameron Brate, are these two tight ends that was on your board anyway? I was down, you know, they were already downgraded because 
they sort of cannibalized each other. I was surprised. Uh, maybe even shocked that they signed Brayton was a $47 million contract. Not that there's anything wrong with Brayton. I think Brayton's a very good tight end, but you already had O.J. Howard, who proved last year he could be pretty good as well. Salary cap age, I would have rather put that money someplace else. So you, you're going to go with a two-tight end system. You're still going to get the ball to Evans. still going to get the ball to Sean Jackson. you got a new running game. I'm not sure there's enough balls to go around here for everyone to be happy here. Uh, so you combine that with now the suspension, although Fitzpatrick will use the tight end somewhat. I mean... I didn't have Brayton in my top 10 anyway. So, yes, I dropped him out of a tight end one consideration because who do you put him ahead of? Uh, I, I kind of like the Joku. You know, I think the Joku's a sleeper tight end. I could put him ahead of Tyford and, Ty- and Charles Clay. I'm okay with that. So that, move, that can move him up to 13. Jack Doyle, that's sort of my line here. I'll take Jack Doyle over him if it's Andrew Luck. If it's not Andrew Luck, if it's Brissett, then I can consider Cameron Braid again. Okay, I just look at it. I, I think that O.J. Howard would come out the gate strong. I think Ryan Fitzpatrick, we, from what we saw last year, was in sync and had chemistry with O.J. Howard. Obviously, you know that Cameron Brait is the apple of Jameis Winston's eyes. He's a player he consistently looked for. He gets a big decline on this, not because only the timeshare, but not the suspension of Jameis Winston. So that's how I'll be carrying it when you break down those Tampa Bay Buccaneers players. Ronald Jones, the young running back. I'm willing to take a gamble on him as an RB2, RB3 type. But, um, you know, I don't want to go no more than the fourth or fifth round when it comes to get that second running back if that guy is there. Um, definitely, if it looks like he's going to get the gig out of camp, we're going to go ahead and roll with that, at least in my opinion. When we come back on the other side, get to some more news from off the offseason. It's the Fantasy Football Frenzy right here on FNTSY Radio. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. Telephone number to dial to get involved. Fantasy Football Frenzy Weekend Edition. The exec and George Kurtz. So, uh, George, I saw a story where uh, DC wide receiver Jameson Crowder says that um, fully healthy offseason, fully 100% covered from the hip and hamstring injuries he dealt with last year, and he's expecting a bounce back season. Are you expecting a bounce back season from Crowder? <laughs> Corey, I went down in flames with him last year. Now, you ain't uh... the only one, bro. You are not the only one. <laughs> I had him on a whole lot of teams, as I, I believed, and that didn't work out so well. 66 catches, a little under 800 yards, three touchdowns. Uh, do I believe? How, how nervous do you get about a, a new quarterback? I know it's Alex, but has been around forever, uh, and he gets a bad rap about just being a game manager, but he doesn't take chances, doesn't throw the ball deep into the secondary. That's, that's pretty true. It's hard to deny that. You know, now he's got to learn a new offense. Once again, what if it takes him some time here to get used to the receivers, get used to them running routes? I'm going to have a hard time buying it again. I, I just am. And I wonder, I don't know if it's because I don't believe or it's because I'm gun-shy at the last year. You know, and that's sometimes something we all have to deal with. Uh, players that have, uh, for lack of a better term, screwed us over in the past. Yeah. You know, that they caught, the, we blame. Oh, you're the reason I didn't do well last year. Which, in Crowder's case, for me, is somewhat true. Uh, so... I'm a little down on him, I, but I wouldn't be afraid to take him. But now the value has to be there. Where he's there in round seven, round eight, uh, you know, and I need a third, fourth wide receiver, whatever it might be, and then I'll grab him. I don't see huge things though, no. 
As a fourth wide receiver, I'm in. I think he comes back and bounces back this year. I think he's the perfect type of wide receiver for Alex Smith. I think he's the guy that Alex Smith will utilize, especially coming out of that slot. Like you said, Alex Smith, the more short to intermediate passer. I think Crowder can excel in that area. I'm proud as a player that's been in this offense for a while now. Unless we see this big breakout season that we've kind of been looking at Josh Doxson for, I think Crowder could uh, be a you know, very successful player in this offense this upcoming season. I'm willing to go back as a WR4, as a WR5. I don't want to rely on him in my starting lineup like I did last year unless I'm very strong at another position like running back or tight end or something like that. But that's kind of where I'm at on uh, JC, as I like to call him. Not Jesus Christ, Jamison Crowder. He's certainly not Jesus Christ. Not yet. Uh, <laughs> if he would have been last year, I'd have been very happy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. I mean, uh, listen, we could say that a lot about a lot of guys. If we can get him to be this spot, spot in our lineup, it's great. Uh, and I agree uh, with Crowder. That's about where I'd like him for four or five. Some, someone I don't have to rely on but has some upside. And he does have upside, which is what he I does. like. Someone who I'm big on in this offense, by the way, Corey, is Darius Geis. I think he's going to be uh, a player to watch. I'm, I'm big on Darius Geis, too. I like Darius Geis in that fourth fifth round range as an RB2. I just think the talent and the fact that he's probably going to get the full workload is going to lend itself to a good season from guys. Next year, this time when we're talking, we could possibly be talking about Darius Geis as a potential first or second round back. I'm with you. I'm, uh, it's, it's funny. I'm currently writing the uh, for the Roto Expert Exclusive Edge draft package. The, we call it the running back handcuff. It's really running back depth chart for each team. And, uh, you know, you got Chris Thompson back here. You know, maybe yeah. he'll back, he'll catch some ball. And I think that's, I don't think that's a bad thing, by the way. People get all upset about that. You know, most teams, I mean, I, I said, I just wrote that. I, I've written it already. Right. I think I've submitted it. 32 teams. There's maybe six to eight that don't have a true second back. You know, you think of oh, the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Dallas Cowboys, Los Angeles Rams with their, their top-notch players. Yeah. Oh, most teams have some kind of timeshare, so you can't get all panicky about it. And uh, guys is going to be the guy in first, second down, the goal line guy. And I agree with you. I think next year. Uh, I got him in round five in that this mock. I just just took him up with my last pick. I got him in round five. Last year, next year, I'd be surprised if he's not at least a round two back. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that one. So that's something that I think you can get some value in on Darius, guys. But just the thing I worry about, George, is with as we people you know, come back from their 4th of July break and they buy their magazine or they buy the Roto Respirator exclusive edge packets and people start getting back into football and getting ready for fantasy, I think that fifth round price for Darius guys could become a third round price for Darius guys. And that's where it gets a little tricky at. Oh, I agree. There are a lot of guys that we, uh, I'll use the air quote, sleepers right now, who in a month, we're all talking about it. You know, I mentioned Njoku, you know, or George Kittle as, as tight ends. I've done tight ends as well. And those are two guys who are right around number 12 now, barely a t- tight end one, maybe a tight end two. But by August, we're all going to be talking about them. They'll be tight end ones because everyone's talking. That is the advantage of drafting now. That's why some people do like to draft early because you get on players before they're talked about by everybody and their mother. And I get that. I still prefer to draft as late as possible because I worry about injuries more than uh, sleepers. But uh, I understand the, uh, the fascination or the, uh, the love of drafting early so you can get players who you believe in before all of us, you, me, the industry, we're all talking about them. No doubt. Um, back to this D.C. offense. I'm willing to take a gamble on Josh Doxson again this year, too. Now, the first couple years in, in the NFL of Doxson, I didn't have him nowhere. Last year, I been a play when he was on the waiver wire. Later in the season, people had dropped him after he made that slow start. I said, you know what? I put a couple bucks down, never got him on any teams. This season, I think I'm going to be an aggressive drafter of Josh Doxson. Oh, I like the talent. I just don't know if Alex Smith is the one to get it out of him. Okay. I just don't know. Uh, but I do like the talent here. He would be a guy, uh, definitely a depth wide receiver. I'm not, he's nowhere near my starting line. A guy, okay, bye week, guys. So take a look and see what happens, guy. Maybe more than that. I, I said, I don't mind having him on my team. I don't want him and Crowder on my team. So if I have no, one, I'm not, I'm not taking the other. Uh, I, I, I'll stay away from that. Um, I wish he had a better a quarterback who was more adept at the deep ball, the deep outs in particular. So uh, I said, I think you said it before. Crowder is more of a slot guy. That's good. Tight end. We know Smith likes to use the tight end. Thompson, a lot of catches out of the backfield. I think that's coming. Where does Doxon fit in here? And I think that's my issue here. You know, this is not the Green Bay Packer. Obviously, they're going to throw the ball 40 times a game. So I like Doxon. I like the player more than the system he's in. 
Yeah, no doubt. So it's going to be interesting. I'm um, willing to take some gambles with with Doxon. I think the talent might be. I, I think I think George. I think DC is going to win the NFC East. You know, you're not the first person I've heard. I don't, but you're not the first person I've heard say this. Uh-huh. You know, I mean that the NFC East is is brutal. I mean, we the Eagles are loaded for bear, and I have a hard time seeing the them with a Super Bowl hangover. I no, mean, George, no. the Eagles play. The Eagles schedule flips this year. They it's play hard. seven. They play seven of the twelve teams that made the playoffs last year on their schedule this year. It, it's definitely a tough schedule. I get it. But the Eagles are a good team. This is not a uh, it's not a flash in the pan team. They'll have some they would have, a little spark yeah. because Wentz comes back. So you know they're going to want to play for him here. I listen the East itself. You know, the Eagles, Giants, uh, Cowboys, the Redskins. They're all going to kill each other. As none of these teams likes the other. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I I still think it's tough. Uh, Giants sort of reinvigorated. Getting you get Barkley. If Eli has something left, they'll be a decent score. I'm not saying. You know, eleven and five, but they'll be around five hundred. Yeah. I think they're all—they all could be around five hundred. That's the problem. But I think the Eagles are yeah. the best of this. So I'm gonna—I'm still gonna go uh, go Philadelphia here. I'm, I'm looking at their schedule now. That you brought it up it—it it, it is a uh, boy. It, it's not fun. I mean, you see, I'm looking at it now, man. They don't have too many gimme games. They—they they do get Tampa without Jameis, so good for them. Indianapolis is a win there. Other than that, every game they play is a tough one. I mean, literally every game. Uh, so I see what you're saying about their schedule. It is rough. I said it wouldn't shock me if this entire division is between seven and nine and eleven and five. That's crazy that you, that it can be like that. Um, the NFC, the whole NFC is is top turvy like that. I think the two best teams in the NFC are the two teams that kick the season off with the uh, the Eagles and the Falcons. I think the last two NFC championships champions I think are the two best teams in the NFC. Really. No, yeah. how about Minnesota, man? They they loaded for bear there. The Rams are loaded for bear too. The Rams are going I, for it. Yeah, the Rams are going for it, but the Rams couldn't handle Atlanta at home last year in the playoffs. That's true. It's true. But I know they made I, some impress, some improvements this season. But let me see them, you know, get a little. Let me see the Rams do something first. That's where I'm at with the Rams. All right, you and I are Cowboy fans, Corey. The Rams sort of remind me of the uh, you know the '91 Cowboys. They sort of needed okay. that year where they woke up, lost in the playoffs. And then the next year, they tell you. I'm not that they're going to win three out of four Super Bowls. I'm not, I'm not saying that. <laughs> but I wonder if this is the year they do it. Uh, you know, you got Gurley there. You got Jared Goff another year. That defense is legit. And it's going to be uh, a defense from hell. You know, I, I like what they've done there. You know, you had in Brandon Cooks now to replace Watkins. Uh, I like what they've done there. If they can make, if, if Goff can truly make that next step. I'm gonna I'm gonna like the Rams a whole bunch. Minnesota Vikings, they're all. You said it, the minute the the NFC is loaded. I mean, loaded with top teams. We even talked about the Packers, who really probably aren't in this class. But anytime you have Aaron Rodgers, you're a threat. You know, so I, I, I the think NFC I may have mentioned, mentioned this. To, I think I may have mentioned this to you, as uh, this has been brought up to me by the All In Kid, our buddy Jake Seeley. Um, there's no bad teams in the NFC. I'm sure we could find one, can't we? Who's well, the worst I, team I, in the I, NFC? I get the point. He's right. I mean, the the, the NFC is loaded. We already told every team in the NFC uh, East. You look at the you know the Packers. Detroit Lions are a solid team. Chicago Bears. They've got a. Listen, they're not going to make the they playoffs. They should be better this year. They should absolutely. I love what the Bears have done. Love what yep. the Bears have done because you brought in a legitimate wide receiver in Allen Robinson, a legitimate tight end in Trey Burton. You now have a legitimate NFL offense, one that's uh, not a joke anymore. Uh, no bad teams in the uh, the South and no bad teams in the West. Arizona, I guess they could end up being a bad team if yep. uh, they go full. Uh, they might be the worst team in the NFC. Uh, yeah, I, I was, probably Arizona and Chicago are still the two worst teams, but they're not terrible teams. They're not they're terrible not awful. teams. They're not two and 14 teams. When you look at the AFC, the AFC has horrible teams in it. You're going to get a bad you, – you might get two bad teams in the AFC make the playoffs. Yeah, well, we saw it last year, didn't we? I mean, yep. uh, I mean, you're right. The, the entire AFC East, right? Buffalo's uh, taking a step back now. They really don't have a quarterback. The Jets are a uh, well, they're a comedy show. Uh, Dolphins, uh, they'll be somewhere around seven nine. Dolphins might I think, be, I think the Dolphins are the worst team in the league. Oh man, the worst. I'm, I think I might give that to the Jets. Uh, <laughs> but uh, sorry, Mike. But uh, what? I think Baltimore's on the way down. As far as bad teams, Indianapolis, you don't even know who's going to. If it's luck, they'll be all right. If it's not, they have some issues. Uh, the AFC is definitely, it's not very good. I mean, who do, who do you, I mean, outside of New England and Pittsburgh, who do you expect to be, uh, you know, the hard, I was going to say hard charger, which may let you know, I think the Chargers could be a decent team this year. 
a lot of people are on the Chargers this year, and if you look at the Chargers, they do seem to be set up to make a deep run. This will probably be the best Los Angeles Chargers team that we've seen in a while. Phil Rivers, veteran quarterback. you got Melvin Gordon, Keenan Allen, the young wide receiver from Clemson, Mike Williams, should be healthy for his sophomore campaign. They're loaded and stacked on defense. The Chargers are a team that a lot of people, they're going to be a trendy pick this offseason. That's what scares me. I don't like teams that are going to be the trendy pick. Like last year, the Bucks were a trendy pick. They flopped out. This year, the Chargers are going to be that trendy pick. I would not be surprised if they flamed out, not to mention that division is probably the toughest division in football. I mean, I would have liked the Chargers a whole lot more if Hunter Henry didn't go down already. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I still think they're oh, good. You named all the offensive players. They, they have a defense from hell, too. Joey mm-hmm. Poster, Melvin Ingram. Uh, they got some players there who can play. Denzel Perryman will be healthy for the entire year this year. Uh, you add Derwin James in the draft here. They got good corners. Casey Hayward, Jason. I mean, this is a team that people are going to have to be on the, uh, on the lookout for. But, you know, as good as I think they are, I wouldn't compare them to any of the teams we talked about in the NFC. Eagles, Falcons, uh, Vikings, Rams. I think all yeah. those teams are better than them. But I think they're a, a team that could possibly challenge New England. Can anybody challenge New England outside of maybe Pittsburgh? And uh, the problem is, you know, I make the joke all the time, but New England doesn't have an important game until week two of the uh, playoffs, until a divisional until round. Exactly. You know, You're 100% it's a, sort of correct. a joke. And then if you get that game at home, the problem with the Chargers are they playing that cutthroat AFC West. So they, New England would have, and Pittsburgh are going to be the top two seeds and have the home field advantage. They're going to have to go on the road in back-to-back weeks, quite possibly, the Los Angeles Chargers. And that's going to be tough to do if you got to go up against Brady one, you know, Brady and Roethlisberger, both on their home territories. To make it to the AFC, to make it to the Super Bowl through that route is going to be a testament. That's a minefield. And you're, you're yeah. absolutely right, because odds are Pittsburgh and New England will be the top two seeds. They play in the easier divisions, and they'll get to have the more than likely have the best record assuming they stay healthy, which means and you said if the Chargers or if you want to say the Broncos or whatever team, to go to beat Pittsburgh and beat Pittsburgh and then beat New England and New England, I'm not saying it can't happen, but, man, it's not the road you want to choose. So that kind of makes it a little bit tough. But I do think the Chargers are set up and should be definitely an AFC playoff team. Kansas City Chiefs always to be in the mix um, because of the fact they got the head coach and Andy Reid, who is great till Christmas. And then after that, you may have to find a new guy. Um, Right quick, George, back to the D.C. situation. Jordan Reid, off-season surgery to get that turf toe fully repaired. You can get him for a song in drafts. I... It's tough. I know it's tough because if he he's a player that leaves games, and he can leave the game and give you a zero in week 14 when you need him the most. I get it. And Vernon Davis is there too, and Alex Smith and Vernon Davis have this connection. But I think quietly I'm willing to put a dollar on Jordan Reed and say, you know what, if he starts it with his health crap, I'm cutting his ass. But you know what? You can get him for a song right now. Let's see what happens. You Are you willing to get on on that? Or are you like, you know what? This guy is Tyler Eifert to me. He's always going to be injured. Screw it. Well, he's not Tyler Eifert to me because he has much more talent than Tyler Eifert. Yeah. I mean, if Reed, if, listen, if, Reed, if you didn't know about the injury history of, of Reed, he's a top three tight end. I mean, you can make an argument outside of Gronk, he would be your next tight end taken if he didn't have the injury history. And you yeah. mentioned the problem with the injury history. It's not that he's out. If he's out, that's not a big deal. Okay, you got to draft two tight ends. You play Reed when he's healthy, and you play the other guy when he's not. The problem is he leaves so many games early, as you mentioned, and you end up getting because he plays, you know, a quarter. You got two catches for seven yards, and he's done. You know, that's the what the problem is. Uh, under your scenario, for a dollar, sure, why not? You know, if, like I said, if he starts it again, all right, you may have to eat it for a week, but hopefully you were able to cover for it anyway, and you move on. The problem is you still have to draft another tight end. That's my problem. But it's not a huge problem because, once again, you're drafting Reed late or you're paying a dollar. So you just got to get another tight end for a dollar. And it can be done here. We've na- I named about 14, 15 tight ends early. It can be done. You just have to make sure you get two tight ends that you're comfortable with because Green has about as much chance of playing 16 games as I do of rooting for the Mets for the rest of the season. Yeah, I don't see you rooting for the Mets the rest of the season. I uh, prob- probably not going to happen. Yeah, Unless it gets the Yankees to Grom, then I could do it. Yeah, but you're not going to give up Ander Hall or Torres to get the Grom, are you? Oh, the Grom's not going to the Yankees. On, there's no way, shape, it's no not way gonna in hell. Period. Yep, you're not right. going to happen. 
You know, they, they couldn't get together last year or to trade Jay Bruce or Lucas Duda or Neil Walker to the Yankees. You think they're going to figure out how to trade uh, Jacob DeGrom? No way in hell. Yep. Um, a little baseball for you in fantasy football frenzy. Still got plenty of show left to go. Want to get to some potential breakout players in a little while. Maybe we'll get into that <clears throat> a little bit later on. <clears throat> how, how, how was your week, George? My week was good. I, I enjoyed doing the mock. I wish the mock draft was fast, but I like doing mocks because I, 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 try, I took Gronkowski in the second round. wanted to see how my team would look if I, uh, if I did that. And I've never done that in a real draft, taking the tight end that early. So my week is going good. I had a, my nephew's graduation party yesterday, and I have my niece's graduation party today that I'm off to as soon as the show is over. I know you're looking forward to it. Barbecue, baby. I love barbecue. It's a good time right there. 844-843-6879. Fancy football frenzy. When we come back, talk about A.J. Green and his situation. Have you ever wanted to have a fantasy expert in the palm of your hand? Or better yet, in the pocket of your khakis? Well, check it out. Now you can. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Download it now to your phone, we promise. No weird viruses, no strange tracking things. Just 24 hours a day, seven days a week of pure fantasy knowledge dropping all over your head. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Stop being a weirdo and streaming it online. Get it on your phone. Take it with you everywhere you go. Fancy football frenzy, FNTSY radio. The exec and uh, my man, George Kirst. Um, George, I see this report this morning. that, And this is something that I thought was interesting. And I thought this could happen. With uh, New York Giants star wide receiver Odell Beckham could still very well be a training camp holdout. I find that interesting because a couple of weeks ago, he said that he would be at camp. And I thought to myself, well, I'd be very foolish of you to show up at camp. And this last year, your deal, and then no talks have been started. Now we're hearing that people close to the situation say Odell very well could still hold out because there's been no progress in contract talks. Do hold out, holdouts bother you when it comes to drafting guys, right? Be You being a conservative drafter. It depends how long they hold out. I don't care if it's the first couple okay. of weeks. That means nothing to me. It's the last couple of weeks, you know. Le'Veon Bell holding out drops him once. I mean, it's one whole spot, but it's one whole spot for me because I, I know he's not showing up till the Tuesday before the game, uh, week one. Because I worry about leg injuries. You know, the, he, he did get up to a slow start last year. He didn't get hurt, but got to a slow start. That will worry me somewhat as well. But when I say for Bell, he dropped from number one overall to number two overall, so it's not killing him. Beckham would be sort of the same thing if he if he were to hold out. You know, a lot of this thing I do think is posturing. You know, they want to get, you know, wake up the Giants. Uh, you and I have discussed this. I'm surprised he, when he said he wasn't going to hold out. Why would yeah. you say that? You know, why, why would you at least threaten it? Let the Giants know it's, it's in your, you know, it's in your bag of tricks that you might be able to pull that out and hold out. Even if you have no intention of it, you still say it that you could hold out. And so, like I said, right now it's all a PR game. If he holds out, I think that's concerning because that lets you know they're really not close to a contract extension then. You know, they sort of call on their bluff. And then that, that becomes interesting. Then the negotiations become interesting and, uh, for me, fun if he holds out. Yeah, no doubt about it. That is fun. Uh, A.J. Green said he is currently satisfied with his contract situation. Fantasy owners haven't been satisfied with his play the past couple seasons, though, whether it be injuries or poor play from, uh, what's the quarterback name out there, the Red Rifle? What's, 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 what's the old oh, boy God, name? Oh, God, Dalton. Yeah, Andy, <laughs> I guess he's not one of your favorites, George. If any time you go, oh, God, before somebody's name, it's normally not a good thing. Well, not if you're standing up. If a, if not for A.J. Green, I mean, that huge wingspan where he goes up and gets every pass that Dalton throws, Dalton wouldn't even be an NFL quarterback anymore. He's just not very good. <laughs> you know, he's just not. I, I, listen, I don't I, I don't say that to be to me, Bean or a joke. He's just not very good. I really wish they would have given McCarron a shot there before they sent him away or let him go, I should say. Uh, via free agency, just to see if he could have been better than Dalton. Uh, I just think Dalton's a, a, a placeholder, but he's been a placeholder for a decade. I mean, you might want to move on here and find somebody better and someone who could maybe use A.J. Green's talents a little more because I don't think mm-hmm. it's A.J. Green that's holding himself back. I think it's the quarterback play. And we, we will never see the best of uh, Green because he doesn't have a good quarterback. So there you go right there. 
You you just you you really held no uh, punches in your analysis on on Andy Dalton. I guess he's not on your Christmas card list. No, he's not on my Christmas card. That's not on my my draft list either. So maybe in two quarterback leagues, but uh, no, I I just you know I don't like seeing great talent wasted. And uh, with AJ, I mean, think about the damage Green could have done if he's playing with you know Aaron Rodgers or he's playing with uh, you know one of the top quarterbacks, Tom Brady, Russell Wilson. I mean, he'd put up huge monster numbers. Oh, yeah, no doubt about it, because he's one of the top talents in the, in the league. So I get you on that. But it's good that he says he has no contract issue because uh, every other top wide receiver on the board does. Michael Thomas doesn't yet. The Saints, they give all their money to Drew Brees, so he'll be in that conversation next year this time. When you look at, um, you know, Julio Jones' situation, love Julio, three years on his deal, but I understand where he's coming from. Julio's only set to make $2.4 million guaranteed this year. And uh, he is very, very upset with the Atlanta Falcon organization. Yeah, you know, it's funny. We talked about this yesterday uh, with Joe Galena. And, you know, fans always get upset. Oh, he want, he signed the contract. He wants more, more, you know, wants more money. That's, he already signed. It's his fault. I, I get that. But then you have to realize NFL owners can cut you even though you have a contract. Yep. You know, and it's so I understand when players want their money once they've earned it. He has earned it. The problem is it's three years. I think in a perfect world, it's not so much that he wants a new contract. It's the fact that if, you, if the Falcons give him one, you're setting a precedent. Now, everybody and their mother who has three years left on a deal is going to come to you. Hey, I've earned mine. Pay me. And he just goes on and on and on. And that's the issue here. I wonder, Corey, in the end, if they sort of do what the pages of the Doma Gronk. Well, you give him some incentives where he can make not what he's worth on the open market, but if he can make some more money th- via incentives, you know, whether it's, I don't know, uh, eight, 90 catches, five, whatever, whatever numbers you want to put on there. But if that's what they'll end up doing, sort of, you know, maybe compromise, cut the middle. Yeah, I think I think this is what you do. I think you go in and you sit down with his people and say, listen, we get it. Not Brandon Cooks is getting paid more money than you. Allen Robinson getting paid more money than you. Mike Evans is getting paid more money than you. We get it. You got three years left on this deal, and you're right. By the time this deal is up, we're probably not going to resign you anyway. This is your last chance, really. These are your last two years to really get big money in the NFL. Let's do this. Let's sit down. Let's tear it up, and let's figure out a way to get you an extension with more guaranteed money for this year and next year. That third year, that's the option year right there, and I think that's the way you solve the Julio Jones problem. I, it makes sense. I mean, it does. But, you know, sometimes what we think makes sense you know, the GMs and the, the agents don't because they can't compromise. They all want the their huge piece of the puzzle. And the agents want, hey, we got Julio Jones at this salary. We're great under the cap. Why should we pay him more? You know, so it, uh, it's tough. It can be tough. But you said the important thing there. Uh, well, there are two important things there, actually. Falcons probably not going after him in three years. And yep. it's his last chance really now to make big money. So this is the problem here. I understand where Jones is coming from. Yep. And they don't like the fact that he's hanging out with Terrell Owens, which I think is childish. <laughs> like, Terrell Owens is a Hall of Fame wide receiver. I don't think Julio Jones is taking life advice from Terrell Owens, who is broke. <laughs> Terrell, Terrell Owens, didn't he run a 4.4 there? A 4.3, 4.4 the other day? He's, four, he's 44 years old, too. Yeah. Man's in, in uh, incredible shape. Good for him. Uh, I mean, listen, Terrell Owens is, is what he is. He was a great receiver, you know, Hall of Fame receiver. And, but uh, he's always going to be a media hound because you never know what the man's going to say or do. It's uh, he's yep. He reminds me of a guy I would love to hang out with because he'd be a lot of fun. Oh, yeah, no doubt about it. He'd be, we had, you'd have to get home early, though. <laughs> yeah, probably might be early the next morning. Yeah, exactly. There you go. You got things to do. What the kids doing for the summer, George? They're in a lot of camps. They're in, uh, you know, they went camp crazy. Wife and I are sending them to, uh, you know, these different uh, volleyball camps, soccer camp, a couple other, you know, regular camps where you, you do a million different things. So they'll be in a, they'll be in a lot of camps. Uh, starting exactly right when I get back from Vegas. Oh, okay, that's cool. Um, any um, sleepaway camps or just camps where you're gonna be driving over Long Island picking kids up all day? There you go. I'll be Mr. Taxi. <laughs> I, listen, man, you, you know, as a parent, you got to write this stuff down. Okay, i got to get her today at 5, then sh- this one at, at 7. I, gotta go. I mean, it drives you insane trying to figure yeah. out like GPS is going to explode. I know, George, because you you go in there, you probably go in there expecting one daughter to come out, another one come out, and you're like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> uh, I'll tell you a quick little funny story. Uh, my daughter got sick. You know, kids get sick at school. And yeah. the school calls me, you know, hey, your daughter said, come, come pick her up. I go pick her, uh, pick her up. I go there. The school's like, what do you mean she's sick? She's fine. 
And I'm like, no, you guys go. Oh, my God, I'm at the wrong school. <laughs> and I'm like, damn it. And it was the close school. I had to go to the school that's further away, too, to go get her because I went to the wrong school. I picked up my, I was there for my younger daughter rather than my older daughter. I was like, damn it. Felt like a moron. Father of the year there, huh? Yeah, no, no doubt about it. That is definitely don't 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 let them don't share that with the uh with the little ones because they could be very upset. Yeah, but mine's <laughs> to be up here uh next week this time. So I'll probably be in the I'll probably do the show from the studio instead of just sitting in here and, you know, screaming in her ear. Um Yeah, so uh but no, you can see when you have a boy and a girl, you kinda know which one is which. It makes it a little bit easier. It helps, you know right? Yeah, there you go. Oh, the ma- I gotta go get the mail, child. Okay, got it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> What's the old Bill Cosby joke when you have a lot of kids? Uh, Jim, John, uh, I'll figure out your name eventually. <laughs> and that happens, by the way. You do call them the wrong name. It's like, uh, oh, I yeah. get mad about that. It's like, oh, come on, give me a break. Oh, yeah, no no doubt about it. I had my grandmother had uh, three sons, and I, 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 by the time, you know, but now she's up in age. Well, even when before she was up in age, you know, she was just like, I, one of y'all, you know what I'm saying? Right. Whatever your name is, I don't You know care. who I'm talking to. <laughs> exactly. You know who I'm talking to. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, 844 Joyce, do you any use any services um as far as, Outside of the Rotor Experts exclusive edge package for your, uh, you know, for week to week lineup adjustments and stuff like that, are you like a, how analytical do you get and how much do you look at other people's work outside of your own? Oh, I think it's important to look at other people's work outside of your own. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I said, I do my own ranking. It doesn't mean uh, I don't look at outside sources, especially, let's say I had a player A uh, ranked at 8 and Corey Parson hasn't ranked at 15. Uh, well, I'm like, okay, am I wrong? You know, I'm not someone who goes, oh, I'm right and Corey's wrong. No, I'm, I'm just now yeah. going to look at outside sources. Let's see where are the guys in the end. What, what does Jake Seeley have? Or what does Matthew Berry have? Eric Carroll, whoever you want to use. You know, I'm, I'm going to check to see if I – did something happen that I didn't know about? That's the first thing that goes through my head. You know, did, oh, did, was there an injury that Corey picked up that I don't know about? You know, and I'll, I'll go on like that. But, yes, I look at rankings. Listen, I think you're silly. And I'm not just pumping uh, us up. But I, if, not to look at Jake Seeley's rankings. He's very good at this. And yeah. his rankings. So, you know, if I have something that's drastically off from Jake, you know, I might send him an email. Hey, Jake, why? You know, or I just might, might look, did I miss something? You know, but they're also, in the end, I do have to trust what I put. I'm not saying yeah. I want to adjust things. You know, information changes every day. I think this is so important for people who rely on these rankings. Information changes daily. Yep. On the, that changes the rank. A guy can easily go from 8 to 14 in a heartbeat because there was an injury. Maybe not to that player, but to an offensive lineman. That changes the running back status. Or the quarterback got hurt. You know, there's so many things that change your ranking. That's why, you know, rankings are a tool. They're just a tool. What I think is more important for me, Corey, rather than rankings, is tiers. You know, did yes. that drop him a tier? If you dropped him a tier, that's a major drop. If it dropped a ranking, a guy from 4 to 7, but he's in the same tier, not as important. All right, there you go, and I and I tend to a, a, agree with you on 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 that tier system. I think is the way to go when you talk about discussing some of these players. <clears throat> um, so that's how I, I put it out there. Speaking of New York Giants wide receivers, how do you feel about Sterling Sharp? Well, Sterling Sharp's retired, so I'm not gonna I mean, feel all that great about Sterling. Sh- <laughs> that nice one, George. <laughs> Speaking of calling people the wrong names. <laughs> uh, I liked him on uh, ESPN. Man, I wish oh, he, he was, was still there on game day. He was and great. He was very good. Uh, Sterling Shepard. Uh, it's funny. When I, to- uh, I talked earlier about one of the wide receivers I'm hoping to take in that mock, Shepard's one of them. Because I do like – I listen. I railed against the Barkley signing uh, drafting because I thought that the Giants, long term, you need a quarterback. What are you going to do in two, three years from now when Eli's gone? doesn't matter if you have a great running back. You have no quarterback. You're done in the NFL. So, but you got Barkley, who I do expect to be a – Really good to great running back, which means mm-hmm. defenses are going to have to pay attention to that. Odell, I'm assuming he's not going to hold out in the regular season. He'll be there. He takes away all the coverage. Uh, you got Ingram, who I think is a very good – I have my number four tight end overall. That leaves Shepard with no one's paying attention to. No one's paying yep. attention to this guy if, if he can get somewhere on the target list. You know, and not be, you know, because Barkley's got to get his 20 touches a game. You know, Odell Beckham's got to get his 10 targets a game. Ingram's going to get his. If he can get five to six targets a game, which I understand is a lot, because that's about 100 uh, for the season, I think he has a very good year, and you can get him later in drafts. People are still thinking about the Giants last year's Giants. I think that was a fluke. 
You know, uh, as far as where they finished, three and th- whatever record they had. I think that's a fluke. I think they'll be around seven and nine, eight and eight. I already said that in the NFC East. I like this Giants, what the Giants have done here. I, I do. I think they're going to be uh, a better team, a team that, that can at least score points. My only worry, the offensive line. And they've made moves there. You signed Nate Soldi. You drafted the, uh, uh, his name escapes me in the second round. He's a mean son of a bitch. You know, and I think that's yeah. good for an offensive lineman. I like what the Giants have done here. I think this offense Talk is about Will, 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 Will Hernandez. Will Hernandez. That's it. Yeah. And he's a mean SOB, man. And uh, and you want that. In a, I don't say that negative at all. You want that in an offensive lineman. You want a guy, you know, snorting snot and wanting to kick everybody's ass and hating everybody. I like that. You know, he's been in fights in every, in just about every day of the OTAs and the mini camps. He's had a fight. You know, how do you feel about if you're a coach, Corey Parks? Like, how do you feel about your own players fighting? You know, in some ways I like it because I like the intensity, but in some ways, you know, if someone gets hurt here, that's not good either. So I don't know. It, it, that's tough for me to figure out which way uh, to go there. Yeah, you definitely don't want nobody getting hurt. What I will say is this though: when you got a guy that just walks in the door, is willing to fight everybody, yeah, that guy. Fear, man, put some his- fear in the hearts of your opponents. He, that guy's going to endear himself to the to the fan base when you when you see him on the field. I agree. He, he, I, feeling, thought the, I thought the, uh, the Seahawks should have taken him. I thought it was a, they made a mistake not grabbing him. At the end Changed of the first culture real quick. Oh no, no doubt about it, because you know that's a that, he's a space eater, and like you said, they get soldiers. So definitely, you see some improvements. But like you said, it all rests on the shoulders of Eli Manning and him picking up this new offense. So, uh, would you rather have Jordy Nelson or Sterling Shepard? Oh, are we saying more Bryant's gone? He's going to get suspended. Then he puts more pressure on Nelson, more defensive coverage. Carr, Eli, man, that's tough. Uh, you know, but I got to go Shepard because Nelson's available in my league. I didn't even put him in my queue. I put yeah. Shepard in my queue. He's a guy I, I, okay. I don't want to forget about. Uh, I'm going Shepard. I just, uh, I think a lot of Jordy Nelson's value, Corey, was Aaron Rodgers. And what I mean by that is, Aaron would, you know, make some plays behind the line of scrimmage, avoid the rush, roll, do his rollouts, and he'd find Jordy in the end zone. It's either he did that so many times where he'd scramble out, and eventually Jordy would just get wide open. Jordy was very good at that. I don't know if Carr can do the same thing. It's not the same offense here. Uh, I think Carr's a better quarterback than Eli at this point, but not by leaps and bounds here. No. I'm going to go, uh, I'm going, yeah, I'm going to have to go Shepard. I would go Shepard also. I'm just curious to see what Jordy Nelson is going to be this year because you can get him for a song in draft, so I know that for a fact. Um, but, yeah, I you know, was talking with Matt and Modica and all in kid Jake Sealy doing the frenzy this week. And I even went down the rungs as far as Kenny Galladay, and they were like they'd rather have Kenny Galladay over Jordy Nelson. Would you take the upside on Galladay before you take the doubt on Nelson? I grabbed Galladay in every keeper or dynasty league I played in last year. I did, and he disappointed. He wasn't all that great. Part of the problem with Galladay is that, you know, you got Marvin Jones and Golden Tate, and they don't get enough love. These are two yeah. solid wide receivers. They really are. I would probably take Nelson over Galladay. I don't know if I see a huge breakout coming. Only because I think Bryant's going to get some kind of suspension, which means, hey, Nelson's now your number two target. No matter how you look at it in Detroit, Galladay's no better than three, and if you put one of the running backs in there, he could be four. Understood. Understood. So, you don't really know if the, the market share is going to be there. They, they're they keeping the same offense on the map, Patricia, that they had last year, though, with Jim Bob Cooter. So Patricia's really coming in there to be the head coach, coach of defense. So not too much to worry about there. So fantasy football frenzy right here on FNTSY Radio. Of course, don't forget, Roto Experts exclusive edge package is live for 2017. You get rankings from my man, George Kurtz, Scott Engel, the all-in kid, Jake Seeley. Some of my rankings will be up there at some point throughout the course of the summer, so you want to get involved with the best premium service to help you win your fantasy football league. Don't you agree with that, Mr. Kurtz? Of course you do. Corey, let's, let's get on these rankings, buddy. Scott asked me Thursday. My rankings are up there by Thursday night. Come on. Yeah, I, I'll be all right. 844-843-6879. We're getting ready to shut it down. It's the Fantasy Football Frenzy Weekend Edition. 